This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 112. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today on the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast, I have my great friend, Carlene Bellier. Hi, Carlene. Hi. Nice I'm to so be happy here. to have you here. And we're on Zoom so we can actually see each other and hopefully we'll be on YouTube with this podcast. <laughs> so I'm really excited. If you don't know Carlene, she is the Chief Culture Officer at Michigan Veterinary Partners. Do I have that right, Carlene? No, but it's actually now oh. I'm the VP of wellness. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're the it. VP now. I forgot yeah. about that. And I'm it's sorry. Mission Veterinary Partners. No worries. Yeah. Did I say mission? I think you said Michigan. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's well, more- anyway. All right. <laughs> you, you corrected me, which is great. I love it. <laughs> I forgot your title changed though. So I had that wrong. But anyway, if you haven't heard Carlene on the podcast before, she is amazing. And she does all kinds of cool things in this space of ours. And today she came up with this great idea that we should talk about complaining. And I'm so excited about this because I am a class A complainer. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all are at different points in time, right? Yeah. And especially I think this time in our lives, this last year, dealing with COVID and the veterinary profession and trying to work from home and I think all of us have fallen into this giant trap of the constant complaining. And I know in my practice, because the clients are not in the building, it's so much easier, you know, Mm -hmm. to complain about them, to complain about their pets. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's bad. So this will be a great thing to talk about. So I'm excited. I am too. Yeah. Okay. So cool. (laughs) Let's get started. What do we want to say about complaining first. We wrote out some notes and we have some facts and figures. So do you want to start? Uh, Sure. You know, I I was just doing some research on complaining in general. And I think, as you mentioned, right now, there's almost a second wave of kind of COVID fatigue going on. So I think the complaining has really gone up a bit. And what I found online is that researchers say that we complain 15 to 30 times a day, which would be every 32 minutes that we're awake. Now, Isn't that awful? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel like sometimes it's more, you know, yeah. some people it's more. Um, so we really, we really want to stop that habit, you know, so especially at work because it kind of pulls everybody down. Yeah, it's kind of contagious, isn't it? Definitely contagious. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, had, we had the other day a uh, computer outage. And so the first thing in the morning when I walked in the door, everybody was like, oh my God, Dr. Capel, the computers are out in there. And they were kind of freaking out. And I said, all right, well, let's just consider it a challenge. And I went and got my phone and I turned on music and I started dancing in the waiting room and they all looked at me like I was crazy. But I was really trying to pull us off of that, you know, the sky is falling mentality. That's so good. That's so yeah. refreshing. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah. And as people get going, I mean, with the complaining, it it kind of feels good to commiserate, you know, and it's kind of minimal risk at times it's easy. Um, And if the person agrees with you, it's kind of comforting because it feels good to know somebody agrees with you. We feel better. Um, But then it starts to get out of control a little bit. 
And well, and don't you feel like um, when you're com- when someone's complaining to you, your first instinct is to just agree? Yeah, you're trying to be nice and empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just go along with it and then you're basically kind of encouraging it, I think. I think so too. And then you can sometimes get that complaint spiral going, you know, the swirling pit of doom complaining, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and everyone joins in. (laughs) Yes. That whole commiseration. uh, But that certainly doesn't affect productivity in a positive way. And it doesn't anything either. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it does sometimes feel good. It does. It feels good to vent or kind of let that steam off, release that pent up energy rather than internalizing it. But we tend to complain when we're stressed out or maybe we're having a little bit of a pity party for ourselves or we're judging someone else for the way they behave or do things differently, or even we're afraid of the future. You know, we're all experiencing a fair amount of fear these days too. And sometimes we complain to get something too, which complaining with a purpose is definitely a better way to go. Um, Do you find that in your practice? That's kind of what you see when people are complaining. You mean in the hospital or from clients? Because the clients certainly complain to a goal. You know, they want their own way. They want you to move faster. They want something cheaper, you know, those kind of complaints. And I don't think those are as harmful as the actual petty complaining that we do, you know, inside the practice. But it definitely snowballs because if a client's complaining, you know, like this happened the other day, somebody showed up for their like 10, 20 appointment and they said they had to be out by 11 something, you know, well, I have to be, they were already complaining before we even saw their pet. And so then the snowball in the hospital is like, can you believe what that lady's doing? (laughs) You know, and everybody, like it goes around the hospital and it's not really, it's not productive. No, it's definitely not productive. And it kind of strengthens that dissatisfaction and that upset, riles everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. And thing. then it, it carries over to the next client, right? So yeah. if, if one client was a pain in the butt and everybody's complaining about that client, then we're not so great with the next client. You know, we have that kind of, I don't know, hungover. It's almost like a complaining hangover, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that negativity, yes, sorely yes. of doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we've all known people too. I have what used to be a fairly good friend, and she chronically complained. And I finally figured out I don't want to be around this person, you know, because if you're around a chronic complainer, they just pull you down and pull you down, and they want to be around you because you kind of pull them up. But um, it's, it's exhausting. So we definitely don't want to be that chronic complainer or the whiny one either. So, um, yeah. And, and it is hard, as you mentioned, to, to talk to the person that's annoying us. I think that takes a lot of guts at times. But yet you're not going to fix that problem unless you're able to talk to that person in kind of a kind and gentle way to help them realize what they're doing. Yeah. And sometimes the complaining is um, not to an end. Like people will complain about some another person, like that gossip kind of complaining yeah. because they have a problem with that person for whatever reason. And, but then they don't go to that person and try to fix it. They just complain behind their back. And that's super destructive. I think it is in it's any environment, in any work environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading that um, complaining is bad for your physical health as well. And in fact, um, the study that I was reading said that as you complain, your body releases cortisol, which basically shifts you more into that fight, 
flight or freeze mode. It can raise your blood pressure. It can raise your blood sugar, impair your immune system, which obviously we need strong immune systems right now, make you more susceptible to high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, obesity. And I thought that was interesting. So we definitely- Like who would think that, right? I know, I know. But it it, it does kind of feel stressful Mm -hmm. when everyone's complaining, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't feel the same as when everybody's excited and happy. Right. It feels very dark and kind of depressing and down. And so it it makes, it totally makes sense Yeah, that it would, it would exacerbate stress. And, you know, we think of it as relieving stress, but it really doesn't. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I was reading from Stanford university um, was a study that showed that complaining actually shrinks the hippocampus the area of the brain that is critical to problem solving intelligent thought. So, wow. So you get dumber, huh? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Maybe that's part of my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I've spent too much time complaining. Wow. That's, that's super interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. And, and we all know that, um, complaining becomes a habit. So we don't want to do that and damage yeah. our, our physical health or our brain by any means. Right. Um, so trying to switch ourselves to be more positive is obviously a really good thing to do Yeah. and becoming yeah. more aware of our thoughts. You know, you've done some amazing podcasts on controlling your thoughts and then your actions and, mm-hmm. and, and your result and all of that. And um, we can't control that first thought, but we can control the second thought and what comes out of our mouth. Usually, right. 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 Yeah. And if, and if you're somebody like me that has a really short, a short thing from the back of your brain to your mouth, <laughs> and you have a hard time holding those things in, even when you start to hear yourself complaining, stopping and, and questioning why, you know, why am I doing that? Why do I think that this is, is right? Or, you know, cause, cause we do that with clients. If the, if they're not behaving the way we think that they should behave, then we start complaining. Well, then we're not behaving the way we think we should behave. Right. And then we're, you know, not only going to make ourselves sick and make ourselves stressed and cause more problems for ourselves, but then we're also dumping on, on those around us, which, you know, I would imagine that if complaining raises your cortisol, listening to someone else complaining probably does a similar thing, right? I would think so. Yeah. yeah. That just makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing I was reading from UC Davis was that gratitude really helps with complaining. If you're feeling negative, if you think of something you're grateful for, that helps switch your brain a little bit. And what UC Davis said is that in the study that they did is gratitude reduces cortisol by 23%, improves your mood, lowers your anxiety. So it makes you feel better in general. So to the extent that you can, as you start to go negative, think about things you're grateful for, it really does help. Yeah. So you can kind of switch your thinking mm-hmm. and, you know, switch your feelings. Cause we talk about that as the thinking causes the feelings. So yeah. if you're starting to feel complainy or you're starting to feel negative, then trying to become more grateful can right. switch that around. Right. Right. And, and then lower your cortisol. Yes. Yeah. It makes have, sense. Yeah. yeah. I've kept a gratitude journal for probably 15 years where you write down the three things you're grateful for every day and they can't be the same. And then the best thing that happened to you, which would be connecting with you. Right. Um, But that definitely helps over time. I think if people just need to try something new and different to help them to be a little bit more grateful and not as negative. Right. Right. Even when you're in these situations that are difficult. 
Yeah. There's always something to be grateful for, even if it's a lesson. Yeah. You know, oh, like you, you can get great, great lessons from negativity and great mm-hmm. lessons from challenges and, you know, just this whole pandemic thing and trying to work in this environment. If you think about it, you can increase your, your mood about it and increase your gratefulness about it because of the lessons that it's teaching us. Oh yeah. And you know, the, the things that have changed um, in this past year, just the way we conduct ourselves. And I really feel like being in a hospital environment where we've had to be kind of isolated with each other has created stronger relationships. And yes, it has increased the complaining in a way, but also in that complaining or in that, um, that environment has caused us to become closer and learn more about each other. So being grateful for that and then, you know, trying to decrease the complaining about the clients (laughs) is, is something that, you know, is a challenge. So I like the gratitude. Like, how could you do the gratitude journal thing on the fly? Like, is there a, is there a way to bring that into a work environment? Do you think? Um, Yeah. I mean, you could do a gratitude jar, a gratitude board, where you're posting things that you're grateful for. Um, uh, Maybe even get some clients that might be interested in, you know, if they're grateful that you did something for their animal, giving them an opportunity to put that out there and then putting that on the gratitude board or reading aloud at a staff meeting or something that makes people feel good about what they're doing. Because I think that people in veterinary medicine are the nicest kindest, most compassionate people out there. And I I know that I'm biased, but, um, (laughs) but they just, they just really are. And sometimes they don't realize it, or sometimes they don't cut themselves slack or some of the people that they work with when it's a stressful situation. Um, so I like, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, we have an app that we use at Mission Veterinary Partners and it's called Kazoo. And it's kind of a recognition and reward app, which it's designed to have people call each other out for the good things that they're doing. So we give everyone in the company points quarterly and we encourage them to call each other out for great things. So maybe someone worked late to help with an emergency and another another one of their peers calls them out for that, gives them some points. And then all of those points can be cashed out for gift cards and merchandise and things like that. But everybody sees that too, that mm. feedback. And so it gives them uh, visibility. Other people can give them high fives, you know, and kind of kudos. And that's just another way to use something that is an app that you always have at your fingertips for the most part to kind of show that gratitude and call people out for the good things they're doing. Yeah. I was going to say my manager did something really interesting for Valentine's Day, and I thought it was a brilliant idea. And you could use this for, you know, any practice or any business. She sent an email to all of our clients And she asked them to share their positive experiences about the people that work in our hospital. And she got a huge response. Clients wrote beautiful letters. They called people out by name. They thanked us as a general hospital for what we do for them. And she did this kind of all in secret. And then what she did was she compiled these little beautiful kind of like notebooks that she gave each one of us. And, you know, it was for Valentine's Day, so it was decorated with hearts and everything. But in it, she had typed out all these emails that clients had sent her. 
So if they specifically said something about, you know, Carolyn, one of our technicians, she would put it in Carolyn's book and then, you know, the general ones in everybody's book. And so we all got this little Valentine with all these beautiful compliments and, you know, interesting emails from our clients. And it was surprising how generous they were and how they wrote, you know, some clients that haven't been to us for, you know, years because they moved but we still had their email address and it was really a really interesting, amazing thing that she did. And it was all about gratitude and, you know, changing the way, you know, we see that people really appreciate us when you don't always see that every day. That is so absolutely beautiful. I love similar. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to your, your um, app thing, but but a really interesting idea. So something along those lines mm-hmm. and maybe just posting those in your hospital, I think would be so powerful to kind of pull us too. out of that, you know, negative thinking and complaining. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, I love that. I do too. And I think um, complaining with a purpose can be okay too. I mean, cause obviously complaining is not a strategy, um, but if you can take that complaint and sort of sandwich it in between a couple positive statements, it's helpful <laughs> because sometimes they're legitimate complaints. So sure, let's yeah. say you get a new piece of software and that's usually not a lot of fun for people. Right. So, you know, your positive state might, might be something like, uh, you know, I, I completely understand the need for continuous improvement and, and making improvements to the practice and our, the way we do things. Um, and at the same time, it would be nice to get some more comprehensive training on this new program because I'm struggling with a certain piece of it and it takes me more time than the old program. So would it be all right if I go ahead and reach out to our contact at that company and set up a training for our team that might make us more efficient or something like that? Because the complaint would be you really don't like the new software as well. But yet there's probably better ways to to fix that problem than just complaining about it. Well, and when you say complaining with a purpose, what that, that light bulb that goes off for me is talking to the person that can do something about the thing that you're unhappy about. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm one of those people that, oh, I always say I like conflict, but Mm -hmm. it's more for the, for the goal of trying to solve a problem than just trying to vent, you know, because so many times when we're complaining, we're not even talking to the person that we're having the problem with. Yeah. You know, and if we're just all complaining behind someone's back and then not doing anything about it or complaining about something, you know, like a software issue that we can't do anything about, but the people that can do something about, we could go to them with our complaint, then complaining with a purpose is kind of okay because we're trying to fix the problem rather than just sit around and bitch about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. when I think of complaining, that's what I think about. It's complaining without a purpose. Mm-hmm. But for you to say complaining with a purpose is useful and to address the problem with the person that can fix it. Yep. Yeah, yep, I agree. I and agree. that might bring bring up some stress because many, many people don't like that. They don't it's like true. it. But it's just one of those things that, you know, we have to, we have to deal with. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, when I was, when I was looking for information online, just a general information about complaining, I found a website that was willbowen.com and he has something he calls uh, a 21 day, no complaint challenge, mm. which I thought was very intriguing. 
And <laughs> yeah, that would be tough, right? <laughs> yeah, it might be really awkward to propose this like to a team, but I like it. You, you can purchase these little rubber bracelets like that used to be kind of popular. And I don't remember what they say on them, but so everybody gets a bracelet and they put it on their left wrist. And if they go the entire day without complaining, they get to keep it on their wrist. But if they complain, then they take it off their left wrist, put it on their right wrist, and they have to wear it on the right wrist the rest of the day. And then they start again the next morning, put it on your left wrist and see how many days you can go with the goal being 21 days without complaining because 21 days makes a habit. And so, you know, I actually, over the weekend, went and found one of these stretchy bracelets and I put it on Saturday and I was all fired up. I wasn't going to complain at all. And then <laughs> I had a glass of wine or something. And I said something and my husband's like, yeah, put that in the other wrist now. Shoot. You're like, dang. Because <laughs> it, it happens before you know it, right? I know. Yeah. I know. It's it was so easy to complain. You don't think about it. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. So, so the bracelets don't build up. Like you don't get to keep them if you don't complain. Like you don't get one every day. It's just the no, same one. No, it's just one. one. It just happens wrist. If it's on your left wrist, you're doing well. If it's on your right wrist, that's not good. You've messed up. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I like that. That's a really good idea. I might have to try that at my practice. That would be, it would be really tough to go through a whole day at a veterinary hospital and not one person complained. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really hard. It would be fun though. It would be a fun challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could. You could use those fat rubber bands too. Yeah. yeah. And if you complained, you could snap your rubber band, you know? Ooh, yeah. You had a t- <laughs> and you'd be complaining about your wrist hurting. <laughs> so that might not work so well. That's a really good idea. So the complaint jar, I like that idea. So what would you do for that? Like, like kind of like a swear jar where you'd have to put in money or what would you have to do for a, a complaint jar? That's another well, good idea. I've seen a lot of different things. Uh, in terms of complaint jars. Like if you were doing it at home on your own and you were a chronic complainer and every time you complained, you had to put a quarter in the jar. And when the jar filled up, then you donated it to some, some place, but in a practice, it's a little bit trickier because people probably aren't going to have quarters and want to put them in. But, um, but it might even be almost like a suggestion box. It could be Um, if it's a complaint and it's something that's going on in the practice and it's legitimate and the leaders go through those complaints or suggestions once a week, maybe it's something that as a team you can address. Um, maybe, you know, Mrs. Smith comes in with her cat and she's awful and you know, she's going to be awful anytime she comes in or calls or does curbside. So maybe proactively you address how you're going to handle clients like this and have sort of some ideas put together for the team and, I don't know. You probably could think of more examples of these things than so I. So you don't have. Well, that would be a situation where then you don't have to complain because you've already got it figured out. So you shouldn't yeah. shouldn't complain for it. Yeah. I, I kind of like I like the whole idea of trying to change the mindset mm-hmm. because I think I think that the complaining leads to negativity and the negativity leads to complaining, and it kind of ends up being this big, you know, like you said, swirling pit of doom. <laughs> And so I think if you can encourage people to say positive things or come up Mm -hmm. with positivity every day, whether it's the gratitude journal or, or, you know, having a gratitude jar even, or, you know, just practicing positive statements rather than negative statements, it's probably going to go a long way to changing the habit because Mm -hmm. I really think that complaining is a habit. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely. think that it's such a big, it's, it's a huge habit for most of us. Yeah. You know, like I complain about the weather every day, almost <laughs> it's cold. It's, you know, I, I say that almost every day and it is a habit. It's like, it's beautiful, sunny out. And I'm still complaining because it's cold. <laughs> and then if it's in the summer, if it's too hot, then we complain that it's too hot. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's such a huge habit. And yeah. so I really like the bracelet idea because I think what you're trying to do there is change a habit. And I've talked about habits before. And if I remember correctly, you have to have 21 days to get something changed and then 90 days to solidify it when you're trying to change habits. So I think if you can incorporate that into this whole um, complaining thing, it probably would help a lot and, and mm-hmm. decrease, even if you could decrease your complaining by half. Mm-hmm. That would, that would make you a whole, a whole happier person, I would think. Yeah. And more and productive. Changing one word at times helps, you know, it's, if you wake up in the morning and, and you say, oh, I have to go to work today, just changing that half word to get to go to work. I get to go to work today. Yeah. I get to go and play with puppies and kittens and make a difference in all these animals' lives and people's lives. And uh, so being careful about the words that you use and, and trying to spin things a bit more happier, that makes a difference in terms of complaining as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe changing those words when someone's complaining to you, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like when the computers were out and I said, Oh, we're going to have cha- a challenging day. Let's <laughs> dance, you know? And, and it did, it made everybody laugh. And then they were kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, if Dr. Capel's not upset about the computers being out, then maybe we shouldn't be. And then what was interesting about that is as soon as I did all that, I went to my computer and my computer came on. Oh. And then I was like, well, my computer's up. <laughs> so it must be my good attitude. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. then I went back and, uh, and other people started to get theirs up and, and a few of them came up. So then it wasn't such a big tragedy, you know? Oh, so it kind of went from everybody was upset to everybody was, think, was thinking I was crazy because I was dancing in the waiting room <laughs> to, oh, now it's not so bad because we have computers, you know? That's and good. then the only person that was really inconvenienced was the manager because she had to keep working with all the computers that were down. But yeah. just that little change in, you know, attitude is, yeah. it kind of pulled everybody away from the complaints. Yeah, that was perfect. Music, dancing, yeah. Well, and if you can be that that person, you know, maybe if, if your culture in your hospital is super, super negative, Mm -hmm. you know, and you come up with one of these ideas, like I like your bracelet idea or, you know, and present that to the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you do if you are in that environment that is so negative that it just seems like an impossible task to pull them out? Do you have any ideas for that? I know I'm kind of going off script a little bit because I don't, I'm. I know we have a, we have a, some notes written down, but what do you think? Like, what would you do if it were you in a hospital that was so negative and nobody was on board with these ideas? For something like that, I would recommend, you know, getting everybody together in a room and really having a discussion about how are we going to be together as a team? Let's talk about that. Let's set some ground rules Let's define acceptable and unacceptable behaviors. Complaining would probably be one of those unacceptable behaviors unless there was a purpose to it. Um, But once you can come up with 
a set of words and a set of ways you're going to be together. I think once everybody has buy-in and if they're given a sheet of paper, for example, if you get a new employee, this is the way we're going to be together. There's uh, nurses out of Ontario that have something called center and each of the letters stands for something, which I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they've defined how they're going to be together. And they, when they onboard, they sign a piece of paper that says, okay, I agree. This is how I'm going to be with the group. And people call each other out when they don't. And if you do have a lot of negative people that can help with that problem. And then there are people that you just kind of need to weed out. I mean, we all have worked with them and some people you can't change and get on board with these things. So I think deciding how you're going to be together and then coming up with that list of acceptable and unacceptable behaviors can be helpful for a team like that. Well, and I think if you have one or two of those people that is super negative, like some people are more naturally pessimistic, I believe, you know, I, I'm kind of more of an optimistic person in general, but I, but my husband is more of a pessimist. And I, I think that if you have one or two of those people in your practice, that is a little bit more naturally pessimistic, hanging around with a bunch of optimistic positivity will definitely influence them in some way. Like they will be influenced even if, I mean, you may have to weed them out. You may have to fire them or get rid of them. But I think that if the majority of the people are upbeat and positive and practicing these techniques, you know, the gratitude journaling and all of that, and, and they're switching their narrative to more positive, that it's going to be really hard for somebody to be super negative in that environment. Right. Even if they're naturally that way, I think they're going to have a harder time and, and maybe you'll weed them out naturally. Maybe they won't like that environment because it's too mm-hmm. positive. Right. And maybe they'll leave. But um, I really think that it, it would change some attitudes mm-hmm. at some point, you know, if you could yeah. get the majority of the people on board. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think? I do. I do. And I think another piece of it too, is if you're able to work with the group and help them improve their well-being, that can be helpful. Um, and there's so many great tools out there, whether it's apps, whether it's just doing some mindfulness together or meditation, um, just to kind of help people work through their stress and anxiety, which makes them complain more and makes them more negative. Um, that can be helpful too. And there's a, there's great tools out there for that, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and creating that environment in your practice, you know, mm-hmm. of that it's okay instead of blowing off steam by complaining, let's blow off steam in another way, you know, let's have a dance party or let's play a game or, you know, it's, it's something that I think we don't put enough time into Yeah, is trying to create that positive environment in, in a stressful situation, you know, like Mm -hmm. we, most people's jobs, especially in 2020 and 2021, um, now that we're, we're here, um, we didn't have that. We didn't know what this was going to be like, and we didn't know how long it was going to go on. And so in order to change that big pot of negativity into more positive, we've got to really work at it. We do. You know, it's not going to happen automatically. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So what else, what else can we think of that would help? Do we have, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I just, I think that, um, possibly just, changing, like you said, change one word in your sentence, Mm -hmm. probably just changing one word in your thoughts Mm -hmm. before it starts coming out of your mind, or maybe just taking a positive action. Cause I, I have a tendency, it's sometimes hard to change your thoughts Mm -hmm. and to make you feel more positive. 
then taking some small positive action can work the same. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if like, you ask, what, what is something I could do right now to demonstrate uh, kindness or excellence? Yeah. Or what if, you know, what if you just did one nice thing for somebody that you work with um, every day, especially if you have someone in your hospital that's super negative, what if everybody just did nice things for that person? You know, that'd be what really if, nice. yeah. Like what if you brought in lunch one day or what if you wrote them a thank you note or what if you gave them a compliment? You know, I think that if you spent your time complimenting each other, it's, it would be much harder to complain about each other. It would. You know? It would. Yeah. And I forget that sometimes when I'm in the heat of the workday, I mm-hmm. don't always think about complimenting people. You know, that's not always the first place I go. Yeah. Yeah. I think complimenting is great. Um, I think whatever you can do to thank people specifically helps. Um, I was challenged one year to write a hundred thank you notes over the course of a year. And that wasn't easy to do because you think about how many people, you know, and it's like, do I, do I know that many people? <laughs> do but, I even you know a hundred people? <laughs> clerks and stores. And I mean, I did it, but it was rough yeah. and it did kind of help you be more grateful. So I think calling people out like that is really nice. Like you said. Yeah. And couldn't idea. you, couldn't you become a great leader in your business or your, your office? If you were the person that started that, even if you're mm-hmm. not the leader, You know, like I talk to so many veterinarians when I'm coaching that work in, they always call it a toxic work environment. Mm. And so to me, that means complaining, negativity, you know, whatever toxic means to you, that's what it means to me. And if you weren't in the position of leadership, they always feel powerless. You know, they say, well, I'm not the boss and I'm not the, but this environment is toxic. Well, what if you were the one that wrote the thank you notes? What if you were the one that gave the compliments? What if you were the one that played the music or started the games or, you know, obviously if you have a really terrible boss, they're not going to put up with all of those things, right? But there's got to be something that you could do to turn that ship around. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the compliments, like you said, I, I love that too. It's kind of like uh, the power leads, you know, the first sentence said in any conversation sets the tone for that conversation. So a compliment is always a good way to, to do kind of a lead in to make somebody feel good about themselves or, or their animal if the compliments about their animal. So I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a client that is complaining and, and that's what, what I see snowball, if a client's complaining, then the receptionists complain, and then they tell the techs about it, and then the techs start complaining, and then they tell the doctor, and, <laughs> and then it turns into this big like circle of complaining about this one person because yeah. they started it, and we're all continuing it. Yeah. So if you can remind yourself that you complaining about the client complaining is a problem, that maybe that would stop it. You know, and you could say, all right, well, let's not join that club. Let's (laughs) stay positive and let's let that client complain all she wants, but we're not going to let her bring us down. And, and they, you know, they can't unless we allow it. Yeah. You know, I mean, the client that, that gave us a time limit and was complaining, I just said, I'm like, well, let's just get it done as fast as we can. But if she's late for her next appointment, that's not on us. You know, she's the one that scheduled her appointments back to back. So, 
you know, but, but don't join into that complaining cesspool, you know, which we all have. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that emotional contagion too. You know, you tend to catch the emotions of those around you and Mm -hmm. they're negative and complaining. You tend to start as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're mouthy, like I am, you're the one that can, can really generate it, you know, like, because if I start complaining, the whole hospital knows it because, because I, because <laughs> I can talk a lot, you know? So I really think that, you know, keeping, keeping the lid on that is it's difficult, but it definitely is something that's important to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this topic. What else? Do we miss anything? Uh, I, I know you did, you did a lot of research. Oh, let's talk. I just, I just ran across this. We were talking about complaining with a purpose Mm -hmm. and you, and you made some notes about how, how exactly do you do that? And I don't think you quite went through that. Like if, if I need to complain to another um, team member, let's say mm -hmm. I have a problem with somebody and I'm a little bit afraid of confrontation So I'm, I want to complain to my friends. I don't want to go to her, but let's say I went to this other individual. How would I complain with purpose? Can you run Uh, through that? The individual that was upsetting you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how you want to complain, right? With a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I think going and talking to someone in a kind and gentle way, um, is the best way to approach it. Uh, using things like I statements versus you statements. You know, if you go to someone and you say, you know, you're really upsetting me when you do this and, and you really made me angry when you did that, they're going to put up a wall as opposed to going to someone and saying, you know, I'm struggling with understanding why you made the decision to do this, or I, I don't really understand the treatment plan that you came up with. And can you explain more about that to me? Or just approaching them with some I statements um, and being very honest, but gentle at the same time, making good eye contact, listening well, reflectively listening, saying some of their words back so they know they're being heard um, and helping them understand that, you know, maybe they are a chronic complainer and how they're seen a little bit by other people and that, you know, that they're a good person. It's just, it, it, this is the sort of thing is habit forming and it's just hard. Um, you've probably done that with employees and things too. What, what ways do you use? Well, I mean, I really think that when you first go into an encounter like that, you really have to try to look for the good in that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you said it before is, is start out with something positive yeah. and, you know, and the understanding that I'm not coming at you because I'm mad at you or upset with you, or that is not my purpose is to help us get on the same page and help us fix this problem that we're having rather than, you know, I'm going in to tell you what to do or combat with you or, you know, especially if you're a leader Mm -hmm. and there's already this power dynamic, you know, I, I, when I'm the boss and I call someone into the office, they're automatically already freaked out totally. You know, I've called people in that I was going to do something nice for them and they thought they were in trouble. (laughs) And so they're already really freaked out and really upset. And I'm sure their cortisol is through the roof. So whatever (laughs) I can do to disarm them right from the get go before we even get into the topic, I think is, is helpful. And it doesn't always work, but I think just being, you know, complimentary in a way, and then being pretty direct about what the actual issue is. Mm -hmm. because most of the issues are small if you don't let them balloon. 
And if you can fix them when they're small, it's going to be way easier than if you've waited six months, you know, and this person's yeah. done this thing a hundred times and now you're trying to fix it. Yes. So, and I, and I don't know, I'm, I'm all for being direct, but also kind, you know? Yeah. And I think that that goes a long way into I do. And then being problems. specific, being very specific and factual, right. Um, as opposed to judgmental, um, yeah. you know, when, when you said this to that client or when you didn't make eye contact and turned away from someone that was talking to you, you know, just being very specific, then they, they tend to understand a little bit more. Too. Right. And I'm all for asking people to problem solve themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think would have been better here? Or what do you think we could do differently going forward? Not necessarily let's beat you up for what happened. Let, let's say that this happened, but now, and we don't want it to happen again. So now what are we going to do differently and, and let them be part of this problem solving? Yeah. Then they're going to be more bought in. Well, and they're not always going to have the same idea that you have about how it should have been different, you know, because in some instances as the leader or the person that's, you know, leading the discussion, you don't always have all the facts, right? You You think you do because six other people told you the story, but then when you go to the person that it really happened to, sometimes the story is different. And I have that happen with clients all the time. Yeah. You know, that the receptionist will come to me with one story that the client told them. And I'm not going to say that they lied because clients will sometimes say one thing to me and, you know, something else to the receptionist, but just allowing them to get their story out on the table. Mm-hmm. So you understand it then moving on rather than just coming in with that, you know, you should have done this or you should have done that, you know, kind of finger wag in the face, yeah. acu- accusatory tone, you know? Yeah. So and I find the same thing when you're, you know, we're talking about complaining with a purpose. When you have an actual complaint, like with a company or someone that did something wrong, the same thing works or a client even, mm-hmm. you know, a client swore at my receptionist. If I go to them and say, you know, this is unacceptable. You can't swear, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I go at them, I'm not going to resolve it. Right. But if I'm kind and I say, look, you know, I, I, I was told that this happened. What's your story? Listen to their story. And then, okay, do you, do you think that this is acceptable? How do you think I should have handled that? You know, how, how should I handle this? And usually they'll be the ones that are like, oh yeah, I, I, I was totally in the wrong. I'm totally sorry. And, you know, and, and I think sometimes if you come at it with more of an open mind, um, you'll get way further, you know, because if you're, if you're accusing somebody of something, they're automatically going to, like you said, put up the wall and shut down. Yeah. And the same thing goes with somebody that's a complainer. I think Mm -hmm. if you call them a complainer, they're not going to, they're not going (laughs) to respond to that. (laughs) They're going to feel like you're attacking them, right? They will. Yeah, they will. Yeah. So do we have any other things that we want to talk about, about this subject? I love this subject. (laughs) It's so timely. It is. It is. Um, I don't really have a whole lot more. I mean, if yeah. you if you are at work or in a situation where you're with a bunch of chronic complainers, try to stay away from that negative tribe um, on your own uh, or help them. Is the yeah. other option like we yeah? Talked. Do you think do you think just the um, just the action of moving away from people that are complainers will in somehow give give them the hint? that you don't want to deal with it. Cause you know, I talk about that to people that are gossiping 
Mm-hmm. It's like, if you don't gossip and you don't participate and you don't sit there and shake your head mm-hmm. because as a people pleaser, that's what I want to do. I just want to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all valid. Right. But if you just walk away from that, do you think in some way that's going to change the behavior? It might. You know, one of the things that I like to do is if somebody comes to me and complains about another person, you know, it depends it depends on who it is to a certain extent. Like if it's your boss, you might not want to say this, but you know, if you say something like, um, you know, go talk to the person directly. I don't wish to be involved. Right. Um, you know, then they're not going to come to you and complain all the time because they didn't like what you just said to them. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But you should go talk to the person directly. Yeah. It, with the understanding that some people d- can't do that or don't do it well, or they don't right. think they can do it. So, you know, I, I tell my manager, um, a lot of times that sometimes people need help. And Mm -hmm. so if you are a good mediator, maybe just offering to be there, you know, I really think you need to talk to this other person about this issue. And if they're like, oh, I can't do that. Well, then if I'm in the room, do you think you could do it? You know, so I could be a buffer and help you because sometimes people, you know, they just feel like that's not something they're strong enough to do. Right. Right. So, it takes guts. It takes guts and it takes finesse sometimes because mm-hmm. you don't know what that other person is going to do. Like, are they going to attack you back? And and some people are fearful of that, you know? Yeah. Like pleasers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm a huge people pleaser. So for me, I don't want anyone to be unhappy, but but if you're just complaining behind their back, you're not going to fix anything and you, and you're going to continue to be unhappy, right? Maybe that other person is fine because they don't know you're upset, but you know, yeah. So then your cortisol is going to be high because all you're doing is complaining and you've never fixed it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exciting. Do we have any other suggestions? We talked about the gratitude jar. We talked about having some sort of complaint jar or suggestion jar, um, having meetings with your team to talk about complaining. And, you know, if you're having a really high complaining environment, you know, to try to try to brainstorm on that. Mm -hmm. Try the 21 day challenge. Yes. Yeah. That one I love. (laughs) I want to do that. I'm going to do that at my hospital for sure. Um, I like the words of affirmation and the thanking people for the job that they're doing well. Yeah. And it could that can make a big difference. Yeah. And that might even work with clients, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes when I say to clients, thank you so much for your patience, mm-hmm. even if they were bitching 10 minutes before, <laughs> it kind of changes them, right? Exactly. Like they soften as soon as I say that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being so patient. I know you've been waiting. That's a good line. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and they don't, they don't know what to say then, even if they're upset still, they don't usually complain. Yeah. yeah. Cause you just called them out for do, being good, you know, <laughs> yeah. so they're not going to be yeah. bad. It's kind of like dog training, you know, <laughs> reward the good. and There you go. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been fun. Anything we yeah. missed? I'm kind of looking at our notes. I think, I think one of the main things I just want to, I want to reiterate is that you can rewire your brain. Yes. Whether it's the 21 day thing, whether it's the gratitude jar, whether it's the words of affirmation, you can change. Absolutely. And so the excuse that I'm a complainer or I'm naturally a pessimist or whatever your excuse is, 
you know, you're a people pleaser, like all the excuses that, that I've talked about it, that's not an excuse for not being able to change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and you're kind of naturally a positive person. So, you know, for me, I, I imagine that you don't struggle as much as some of us, but um, I just think that that's a really good point for people to, to not pity and not, you know, not think that this is impossible, even if you're in a toxic work environment. Yeah. Little changes can make big progress. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Well, anything you want to tell us about the industry that you're working in right now or anything that doesn't involve complaining, any, any words of wisdom? Well, I think, you know, it's hard for people right now, as you know, because as I mentioned earlier, it's sort of the second wave of the COVID fatigue kind of coming through. Yeah. COVID fatigue is, is a real thing. Like we always talk about compassion fatigue, but I said it, I've complained about it to my husband. Yeah. I'm really tired of COVID. Yeah. I think it's going to get better. I think over the next six months or so, once we get past, you know, February, people get kind of in a funk anyway, that February funk. And, you know, as people are being vaccinated, then the hope goes up. And I think, I think people will come out of it. It's just hard right now, you know, especially if we have the winter blues as well. And so it's going to get better. We have to be positive, right? Yeah. And I would just encourage people that if you're struggling and you're listening to us today to reach out, because that's Mm -hmm. why we're here. And that's what we like to do. We like to help people. And, you know, if we can help you in any way or make any suggestions for you to train your brain in a better direction or get over your COVID funk or compassion fatigue or whatever it is to (laughs) reach out and send us an email and we'd be happy to help. Right. Yep. Well, I thank you so much for being here today. I love talking to you and I hope we can come up with another topic (laughs) soon. (laughs) And I hope you do all the research like you did this time, because that was amazing for me. (laughs) That's another reason I love having you because you're so thorough and you're well-researched and I love all that. Thank you. (laughs) So if anybody has any questions for Carlene, feel free to email me at jacapelldvm at gmail.com. And I will pass on your questions to her. And she works for Mission Veterinary Partners. And so if you want any information about them and the amazing work that they're doing, reach out to one of us and we'd be happy to answer. Thanks so much, Carlene. I really appreciate you you being on the podcast. Have a beautiful week, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.